Welcome to Flirting with Bitcoin. I'm your host, Mandana Yousefi, and this is my boo, Ian Reese. Hey, babe. Hey, what's up? I'm done with work. I'm getting ready for my four-day weekend. I'm very excited, and I love that we are recording the pod right before we go. Yeah, I mean, we're recording it. We'll see if we get it out on Monday, though. <laughs> but whenever it comes out, uh, it's important to note that we are recording the day after dropping our last episode, and it's been quite a day. Um, yeah, we were trying out the new feature on Fountain Podcast where you can give your listeners a little bit of Bitcoin for listening to the show. I see it as a way to help them get off of zero, not necessarily paying them to listen. But the way that that feature worked is that we got put on the front page of the Fountain Podcast app. <laughs> and it didn't hurt that I trollingly named the episode uh, Free Bitcoin Giveaway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure that didn't hurt. But um, <laughs> it was very interesting. Like we got a lot of people that probably would have never heard of us yeah. to listen. And the comments that you guys left were like overwhelmingly positive. They're very- so heartwarming. There's a couple from Mexico uh, that was like, yay, we got some sats. It's, I was like, oh, I'm so happy to give you sats. Hello from <laughs> America. <laughs> I feel like this was probably the most engagement that we've gotten on an episode and the feedback was just overwhelmingly positive. I took that as a signal that getting in front of other people is the challenge because once people actually listen, they have nothing but good things to say. Yeah, it did feel good. Not that our circle of people who listen are just haters, (laughs) but usually you don't get the opportunity. Even if you're like a consumer of podcasts, you're not really given an opportunity to directly contact the podcaster and give them a comment about what you listen to. Yeah, exactly. Like a lot of times that interaction happens through other channels like Twitter or Facebook, you know, like you post the fact that you have an episode somewhere and that's where the conversation happens. Uh, like even Spotify doesn't really give you a way to interact with your mm-hmm, subscribers. Not. So like going back to my theory of this business model of value for value, when you take away the middleman and you give people access to the people that are actually consuming their content, you have a much, a much more pure signal. You know, I really just all of a sudden felt connected to so many more people. And it was just funny to see the reactions. Like I, in the last episode, I asked, should I get a soundboard to have special effects? And results came in so far 50-50. <laughs> yeah, who but, is it? Uh, Crypto Mike. Yeah, is, he's on uh, my side. He really wants that soundboard, so you got to vote for him. You know, from the latest episode, having a bunch of basically strangers listen and then being able to interact with them and in a way that says... If you're interacting with us through Fountain, like you're parting with Satoshis to interact with us. So yeah, it's definitely a very different feeling than social media. Someone is giving you actual money. It's very sweet. It's like, oh my God, thank you. <laughs> now, exactly. right? Like you actually feel like you, you did a job and yeah. you're getting paid for your yeah. job. And someone valued what we did. The thing that I took away from it was when someone sits down to like write a comment, knowing that they have to pay to write that comment, I value it a lot more. And at the same time, the person who's writing it is probably interpreting as like, they're gonna see how much I paid. That's how much I wanted to say this. Like, it's almost like a pure signal of, I really want you to read this, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And you just don't get that on social media. You don't get that on Twitter when you retweet or like somebody, it's almost, it's the equivalent of shouting into the void. It means nothing. I like everything. <laughs> I like everything because I feel like people are posting online for validation. Mm-hmm. And even if I don't want to validate what their post is, I'm like, eh, I'm gonna like it. 
Because there's no cost associated. There's no meaning. So, so you're basically spam liking stuff. This is how you know Ian doesn't really use social media because, or at least my social media, because he has no idea what a big liker I am. <laughs> if I was on Twitter, you'd see what a liker I am. I mean, I like most stuff on Bitcoin Twitter also. Yeah, because um, you're like, good for you making this content. I'm going to throw you a bone. I'm going to keep encouraging you, even if I'm not enjoying what you're actually posting. There are things that I straight up don't like, for yeah. the most part. You're a nice guy, babe. I know you are. For the most part on Twitter, I, I like what most of the Bitcoin maxis. If you're a Bitcoin maxi, I'm probably liking what you post. There you go. I, but it's because I That's agree with me it. and everyone I'm friends with on my social media. I'm not friends with people I don't like. So if they're posting, I don't like it. Obviously, what we're proving here through this conversation is in social media, it's not real. Likes are just, they're just giving away almost like pity. You know that people who don't like you are liking your stuff. I mean, sure. Whereas here, it's like, wow, someone commented. That means they're a fan. No one's going to hate comment. I mean, if they do, maybe they do, but... It doesn't seem like Bitcoin people are mean. <laughs> oh, that's, you know, that's probably the hot button issue of this past month as the market's been crashing. Oh, yeah. But for the most part, no, they're not mean. They want you to get to the right answer. Yeah, yeah. they're and, rooting for it. Everyone's you, rooting for everyone. And to do that, you can't just randomly hand out likes to people for saying things that aren't true or correct or whatever, right? Yeah. And so that's where like the toxicity kind of comes in is that you might not get a like, but you're going to get a multi-thread tweet storm about how you're wrong and you're gonna, not going to get subtweeted. They're going to at mention you. <laughs> and it's interesting because when we're drowned in all of this negative energy and people are very divided right now, more often we're seeing negative conversations online instead of positive conversations. And so it was nice to be in a space that was just, these were people who were going to fight me on Bitcoin (laughs) that were just like, oh, this was nice. Thanks. Thanks for making this. This was good information. So babe, what are the implications of this? Where, what did this prove to you? I do have some critiques of Fountain Podcast, but- here comes the drama guys it's not drama um it's not drama uh i do have some critiques but the thing that i learned overall is i validated my theory Mm -hmm. of when people who have something to say have to pay to say it you're gonna get a more pure sick no one's gonna spend money to shit post you i mean you might but i doubt that that's gonna happen so you get like this more pure signal from people that's like supportive right you don't feel like you're going into like a battle it's like you're only, if you, you know, people who have are popular on Twitter, it's like, oh my God, I can't open my Twitter because I'm overwhelmed with all the negativity. Yeah. Right. But for this, I opened it up and I just scroll and scroll and scroll. I didn't see one negative comment. Yeah. And while that's. And I was looking for it the whole time. Sure. But that's a yeah, habit. Yeah, we have from, our guard up. That's a habit from the old world. Mm-hmm. Right. Versus in this world, once I went through all the comments once, my brain realized like, you're probably not going to find a negative comment in here. And that just like wave of like calmness, like washed over me and allowed me to like not be tense, like reading through a bunch of comments. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing that I think I learned the most from this. Probably learned something about myself. I think I learned like we have a lot of behaviors that like social media has taught us. And they don't necessarily apply in this new world of value for value. Oh, so deep, babe. So, all right, let's get into it. Okay, so you said that the past day has changed you. How has it changed you? Did I say change me? I think so. 
I think that my assumption of how this was going to work was validated very fast. Because of that, I had other assumptions that I'm also starting to believe are possibly also going to be validated over time. Ooh, okay, let's hear them. So the biggest one is like add video to this and kill YouTube. Yeah. I watch a lot of great stuff on YouTube and it's just full of like nonsense comments. And I know the person who created the video probably doesn't even read the comments because most of them are nonsense. Yeah. Right? There's no there's there's no cost to putting nonsense in a comment section on YouTube. If and when Fountain goes to video, this is where I will only watch videos. Mm-hmm. Because you know that you're also able to connect, reward, whatever you want to call it, the creator. And it's going to go directly to them. Yeah. And that's that's the other big part is... Like, we didn't make a lot, right? Let's be clear. We can't quit our day jobs. (laughs) Sure, 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 sure. But we made, you know, people listen to us. You know, we streamed some Satoshis to people for listening. A lot of people listened to us and left comments. And like, to comment, you have to pay, you know, Satoshis to comment and stuff like that. We made more Satoshis off this one podcast than I've made off of Stacker News, right? I post stuff on Stacker News. Hear that, everyone? Make a podcast and put it on the Fountain app. <laughs> again, again, this isn't a lot. But my point is, yeah, is that yeah. we actually got paid for that episode. Yeah. And we've put 20 episodes out or 19 episodes before that mm-hmm. and haven't made a dime. And we did nothing different besides say, listen to us on Fountain. And we actually got paid. Which is awesome because I feel very passionate about this. I don't want us to do ads. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not doing this necessarily like as a side business. We're truly doing this for like education. And also, it's fun. It's a cute couple thing that we're doing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but... I, to be able to avoid having to have ads or sponsors and just be able to put something out and have your consumers pay you for it if they want, that's ideal. When I say like put video in here and kill YouTube, YouTube is all based off of ads. You can't even really watch a YouTube video without getting at least one ad, yeah. right? Or if you're now a YouTube premium subscriber, which I get through having a pixel. But like, if you don't have a pixel, you get ads on everything on YouTube. If you just take everything off of YouTube and put it in Fountain, it's a better experience. 100%. I think that the implications here are big and we're, we're really early. So this value for value model doesn't necessarily require Bitcoin technology, does it? That's a good question. Technically, value for value is only possible with micropayment because mm. otherwise there'd have to be like a minimum amount, right? And it's usually going to be a dollar. Yeah. But with Satoshis, like someone sent us like five Satoshis. What is that? Like a fraction of a fraction of a penny, (laughs) right? So you could do that, right? Like, and that's technically what Patreon is, right? That's technically what these like third party services are where it's like, I say, I want to support your channel. I subscribe to your channel. I pay you a monthly fee because I support the content, right? But there's that middleman, whether it's Spotify or Patreon or YouTube, there's still that middleman. And you know that all of it's not going to the creator. And FountainApp is still a middleman, though, because they take a percentage of what you're giving them. Yes. But do I, I don't see that percentage in what I've supposedly received in the boost that we got in the past day. But when it's applied to our wallet, do they take the percentage off? No, you can see it's called splits. When you're going to like send your boost, you can click a button and you can see the splits of what's going where. 
I see. Right? So it's not hidden, but Fallon app can't touch the money that's not allocated to them. So I believe it's like 1% to the like the service that like pulls all the podcasts into a like open source database that Fountain pulls from. Mm-hmm. So they give 1% of everything to them. And then I think 4% goes to Fountain and then everything else goes to you. And so when someone hits boost, that money gets separated immediately. Immediately. Everyone has access to their own money. Yes. Okay. And you think that if you weren't using Bitcoin technology and it was operating more like a Venmo pot, that value for value wouldn't work? It could work. It's just that it requires a middleman to actually receive the funds before they're distributed to the content creator. So think about this like in Uber terms. Prices of Uber have gone up, right? I think Mm -hmm. everyone knows that the price of Uber has gone up. Those increases are not going to the driver. Uber has increased the price that you and I as a consumer pay. They get all the money and then they decide how much to give to the driver so that they still stay profitable. In a value for value world, if I took a $60 ride in an Uber and 95% of that's going to the driver and Uber only gets 4%, Uber can't up and change that and just say, well, now it's 70%, right? Like, no, you can't change it. And so the drivers, they have the control of setting that split. Also like the overhead that you have to have as an organization to track and hold and store all that money. All that, all Whereas that. this is like, boom, it's, it's sent, it's done. There's yeah. nothing else that you have to do for it. A large percentage of technology companies is simply managing how the money moves. Mm. A large percentage of most companies that are middlemen is just accounting, tracking, and moving money, right? So the value from value model to be able to scale it needs to be on Bitcoin technology. It needs to be on something like Bitcoin technology. And right now it's the only thing that exists. So I'm going to say yes. <laughs> I mean, obviously you could do this with an altcoin. Right. Right. But A, we're not here to talk about altcoins. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about altcoins. I walked right into you that walked one. right into Right it. into that one. And number two is that Bitcoin is money. It's not money that people are used to using. But it's still money. It feels good to get some Satoshis. And the more you understand about Bitcoin, the better it feels to get (laughs) Satoshis, right? Like someone gave us a boost and it was 500 Satoshis. That sounds like a very little bit amount of money. But if you're thinking long-term on how Bitcoin is going to operate, that 500 Satoshis might be five, $10 in a couple of years. So like today, we're still doing that like calculation in our heads saying, oh, 500 Satoshis, it's a couple pennies or whatever. But if you take that away and you just say, someone gave me five Satoshis out of the 2.1 quadrillion Satoshis that will ever exist. They parted with 500 of them. That's a big deal. Mm -hmm. You created something that they were willing to part with a very scarce item for. If you understand Bitcoin, that's a really good feeling. It is a really good feeling. I co-sign that. The other world, Patreon, I give them a credit card. Mm. Spotify, I give them a credit card. It's not real money. Mm -hmm. I pay it off at the end of the month. Mm -hmm. It goes in with my groceries. Mm -hmm. I don't really think about it. It's like, oh, Patreon. We forget when we're subscribed to something that we haven't canceled yet. Tell me about it. We got to put reminders on our calendars to cancel stuff, right? I know. I have a free trial that ends in two weeks. (laughs) I I messed up and I put put this cancellation date on the day of instead of the day before. Rookie move. And they got me. What kind of man did I marry? (laughs) (laughs) So... So yeah, that's I, to me, that's what I think value for value brings is if you truly understand Bitcoin, which I imagine the people that are 
boosting and giving Satoshis. They at least understand it enough to have Bitcoin. But the more you understand it, the more the more value you actually feel like you're receiving when someone gives you even one Satoshi. And through Lightning, you can give one Satoshi. You yeah. can't give one Satoshi's worth of a dollar to somebody. Like, it's yeah. just impossible. It's If it is the actual transfer of money, this is the only way. Even if we walked down the street and somebody had a podcast, like, and I dropped a penny, that's still more than five Satoshi's mm-hmm. for now. <laughs> Imagine throwing a penny at a podcaster. <laughs> exactly. And so... Don't do it. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I don't know, man. It just, it feels different. It definitely, it hits differently. Yeah. It hits differently. And I think once more podcasters and content creators get this experience and under, get this feeling, it's going to be, I don't know if Fountain will be the only one, right? But there will be a rush into basically rebuilding all of these content distribution systems to work on this model because content creators will refuse to work on any model other than this model. Absolutely, because right now all of the content platforms just have such a hold on all the content creators and change the rules every few months. And they have no other choice because their entire business and livelihood is based on their profile on that company's account. And this, if you think about it, has been going on since AOL. Mm -hmm. Since AOL, when they had keywords. I don't know if you remember that. I do. I'm yeah. a little bit older than you, so I don't, I don't know if you remember. Keyword. I know I'm. I'm basically a child. <laughs> yeah, child, child bride <laughs> child over here. Child bride, yeah. But um, um, I remember keywords. So keywords in AOL got extended into not literally, but the concept of keywords is basically how the Google search mm-hmm. engine works. And so Google, over the past existence of his life, has constantly changed the rules constantly change how you get to the top of Google search results. Makes it more and more expensive. There's a whole industry of people called search engine optimizers <laughs> who have to know how the rules work, track them when they change, and make modifications or at least recommend modifications so that you as a content creator yeah, still stay at the top. It's such a scam. It's such a bloated industry. I mean, it existed the way that it existed because this particular thing, lightning technology, did not exist. Mm-hmm. It's not just Bitcoin. That's the thing about this. What we're talking about, you cannot do on layer one Bitcoin. It has to be lightning or something like lightning. Which is really interesting because there's a lot of people who claim to understand Bitcoin, but they are convinced that Bitcoin's too slow. But lightning technology changes that. It changes the speed of the use of Bitcoin. Yeah, it changes it from 10 minute blocks to instantaneous. Exactly, and I think the more that people are educated on that, I think the more they'll come around to understanding that, like you're always saying, is Bitcoin is going to keep improving. There's going to be more things that you can do with Bitcoin technology. So whether there are altcoins that are doing something that's great, Bitcoin technology will soon adopt a form of that and you won't need that altcoin anymore. Right. So for example, one of our listeners left a comment saying, what did I think about Monero? Which is an altcoin. Monero is an altcoin, and its claim to fame, its core use case is privacy. A lot of people say that uh, you should use Monero instead of Bitcoin because on Bitcoin, the blockchain is completely open. You can see everyone's Bitcoin moving around on the blockchain. So if you want to hide, that's not the best place to hide, which kind of goes against the argument of it's only for criminals. Uh, Monero is a layer one solution that has this privacy aspect where you can't actually track the coins going back and forth. 
um, my response to that was, I think all altcoins are just use cases for Bitcoin. I believe that in the feature of Monero, which is privacy, I believe that that could be a competing lightning network because the lightning network is kind of open also. You can see the Bitcoin moving around on lightning. Mm. If you were to build a privacy first version of lightning, it's still going to be built on top of the layer one, which is Bitcoin. But now you have the Monero features of privacy. And I could see there being a competition of whose lightning network, whose layer two network is the best. But you got to build it on top of Bitcoin. I can't take my Bitcoin, convert it to something else just to get privacy, mm -hmm. move it, and then convert it back to Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. You can do that, but that's silly. Yeah, it's inefficient. So if you are holding Monero for the sole purpose of privacy, like good on you, but Monero as a relation to Bitcoin has been decreasing in value. You feel like you've gotten out of the game by not holding dollars and instead you're holding Monero, but your dollars are depreciating against Bitcoin. Your Monero is depreciating against Bitcoin. Ethereum is depreciating against Bitcoin. All these altcoins are depreciating against Bitcoin. The only thing worth holding is Bitcoin. And so once people, I feel like, come to that realization, then the idea of, oh, this altcoins technology might just be a feature on layer two or layer three, but it's never going to be a competing layer one. You know, it might be because 4th of July is right around the corner and probably already happened when we aired this episode, but I've been feeling like, Bitcoin is freedom. And I know that it is in a lot of different ways, but unlocking the ability for there to be a platform where like you can just kind of find the people who are looking for you a little faster felt like freedom. I think about this a lot since we started this podcast, because I feel like unless you're actually in the business of like creating regular content and putting it on the internet, you don't really think about certain parts of that like business and the thing that I keep coming back to is one of the most important things as a content creator is to be first. We are very late to YouTube, right? <laughs> we are very late to Twitter. We are very late to all of these platforms. Fountain Podcast is new. Mm -hmm. Stacker News is new. And so when we go in there with our content, the only listeners that are there are there because they're willing to try like this new Early adopters. platform, yeah. right? And so because of that, it's like if you can get in on a new platform early when you're talking about freedom, to me, the freedom is I know that there's just a lot less nonsense going on between me and someone listening versus Spotify. Yep. They definitely won me. Spotify today, YouTube tomorrow. So this has been really interesting from the perspective of a content creator, but we're also consumers. And I think it's really enlightening to see what can be against what I have been subjected to <laughs> for at least the past 10 years, maybe 15 years in terms of what has been able to get to me, what type of content has made its way to me and has been intentionally made its way to me, you know, all of that stuff. It's nice to see an alternative to that entire structure. That's to me the aha moment for Stacker News and Fallon. It was, I understood the concept. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Likes, but Satoshi's fine, fine, fine. But the actual aha moment is like, oh man, what have I been doing for the last 20 <laughs> years on the internet? I can reverse engineer how we got to where we are. And it's like, okay, that kind of makes sense. But I think over the next 10 years, you know, someone's like, I'm gonna make a new insert, whatever tomorrow. And it kind of doesn't operate like this. 
What are you doing? Yeah, why would your competitors would swoop in and steal all your users? Well, I think there's going to be that that same issue that uh, Uber had in the beginning. Is like, we got drivers and no riders, so the drivers go away. We got riders, Mm -hmm. but no drivers, so the riders go away. But it took them a while to ping pong back and forth to get to that equilibrium. So I think that like there's a lot of people listening on Fountain. But I know, for example, Breaking Points, they're on Fountain. They're unclaimed. They're unclaimed. Yeah. And so if I were to listen to them, I would be streaming Satoshis into the void. So I got to turn it off to listen to them, right? But at the same time, they're so proud of their subscribers on YouTube, right? They got a million subscribers on YouTube. They are probably the best case of like move to this new thing. All right, cool. Let me get Crystal and Sagar on the phone right now and pitch the found app to them. I'm just just using them as an example to say they did a really big thing, right? Mm -hmm. They left a popular channel, went and did their own thing, self-funded, spun up a channel, have the listeners, have the subscribers, all of that, right? Mm-hmm. And we know for a fact that they could be making more on this model. That's true. Right? Like they had to get to, I think they said one time, it was like, if we didn't get across 100,000, we didn't think we we're going to make it. And they got to 500,000, right? I think they said some number like that. I'm making it up. Don't quote me. But the point is, is that on this model, maybe not today, but in five years, 10 years, the next Crystal and Sagar, um, that number will be a lot lower for like a person to strike out on their own. Because in this model, you can actually do real economic calculations and say, if I have X users and a percentage of them stream me X amount of Satoshis, I can get a real number. Versus with the YouTube model, it's like, we just want the biggest number possible Mm -hmm. and then see what we get from them and then reverse engineer our business based on what Google decides to give us. And oh, when they change the rules, the amount of money that's coming to us changes. That's the difference between the old model and the value for value model. You know, this is just like when you've just been dating a bunch of dirt bags and then you meet someone really great. It's like, what was I thinking? <laughs> How was I dating them? Thank goodness for Bitcoin.